Thank you, Bob. Welcome to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon, and we want, I think, straight live this time. No music. I felt like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a musical day. What do you think, Ashley? Yeah, it's kind of gloomy. I don't know. Does it feel that way? It does. It does no, feel, I feel that you. way. Well, I'll tell you what. You can do a lot of things today on your gloomy day. We can uh, invest in some startup companies, as I told Amy before we came on the show. We've got two cool companies calling in, Nori and Bandwagon. Uh, you can do the simple task of going to Republic dot co slash register and go ahead and register if you so choose that will make it a lot easier for you to invest your hard-earned capital in these companies if you think it's uh you know a maker a company that's going to do something cool that's worth the investment the gist of it is uh, pretty simple invest as little as ten dollars some of them up to ten thousand depends on how rich of a human being you are and the idea here is that these companies can raise capital uh, in a little bit different, non-traditional way and also enable you to invest in private companies, which for those of you that are not accredited millionaires, uh, that's a rare opportunity. So that's the whole gist of the show. If you've been listening in the past, you probably already know that. If you are new to the show, welcome to the show. And that's how it works. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a very quick break because we've got an awesome loaded up show. We've got that. And then also I didn't mention in the rundown, uh, in the rundown with uh, Amy, I'm going to check in with my guy, Adam Hogue, who is holding it tight at the Northwestern, the last home game of the year, Northwestern versus Illinois. Uh, I'm guessing they're going to spank Illinois, who got crushed, by the way, if you're a football fan. They lost to Iowa last week 63-0. to That's the real score. Uh, and so I'm hoping that Northwestern does the exact same thing with them, and then I'm hoping that Michigan plays and beats Ohio State right now. I think Ohio State was up when I last checked, but they're going to win, I hope. And then, well, whatever. I'm going to talk to Adam Hogue about this. So you guys are going to have to hear this story at least a couple more times. So we'll take a quick commercial break. I'm Scott Katoon. You're listening to WGN Radio. We will be back after this. I couldn't help myself. We're going to jump right into it with Adam Hogue. Uh, this is my sports debut, and it's I'm totally happy to interrupt the startup showcase to talk about my favorite football team, the Big Ten. Chicago's Big Ten team, the Go Cats, Northwestern. What's going on, Adam? How you doing? Yeah, I'm here. You got me, Scott? I do. Sorry about that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a stupid person. Uh, so I wanted to check in with you. Uh, I love Northwestern. They are playing Illinois, who got spanked by 63 points last week uh, by Iowa. So what's going on there? What's the vibe like? Well, it's a rivalry game, and it's uh, you know it's not the biggest game Northwestern's had in a, in a while, but and they got a big one next week. But uh, this is certainly a game that you you try to get up for because it's a rivalry game against Illinois. And, uh, and you know, the Pat Fitzgerald's going to have these guys ready to go today, no doubt about it. And we're out here at the end zone right outside Ryan Field. They got a DJ out here. They got uh, wine and beer. So anybody who's coming down here, it's a good spot to tailgate right before the game, too. So, uh, it, you know, a good last home game and senior day for Northwestern. You were holding it down. That's So, like, that's the area for uh, – I'm a season ticket holder, so they're supposed to be yeah. celebrating season ticket holders. We're all invited to go there. Uh, for those of you season ticket holders that I know who are sitting in the east section listening to the pregame stuff, go check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, makes Northwestern games more fun. Um so, honestly, as far as Northwestern Illinois uh, goes, the last few games I've gotten to go to have been at Soldier Field, so I'm actually missing this game, um, but I'm super excited to to see us crush Illinois. Do you have any alliances here? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I certainly want to see Northwestern win today and, and take care of business, get the hat back. You know, but Illinois, you mentioned it I, uh, before, getting crushed by Iowa last week. They're, this is a program that's really been uh, str- struggling for a while they do have some playmakers, though, that you got to be careful of. A.J. Bush, their quarterback, Reggie Corbin, their, their running back, are, are speedy guys that if you let them get past the line of scrimmage, they can break off big plays at any time. So 
I think for Northwestern, this is a game where you're just trying to remain fundamentally sound on defense, and otherwise I think it's uh, from a matchup standpoint, you stop uh, Illinois' running game, and uh, Northwestern should be fine today. Should be is a rivalry game, so that's always the part that, that always makes you nervous. But I, I think Northwestern's sitting in a pretty good spot here as they try to win more, one more before the Big Ten Championship next week. I think I heard AD Jim Phillips talking uh, last week about growing the grass a little longer against Lovey Smith's team. I think uh, <laughs> Lovey knows how to recruit, but I just the verdict is still out to me on whether Lovey's the guy for Illinois. I just I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think, uh, first of all, that program's in a tough spot to uh, be able to turn around quickly. Um, I was somewhat uh, optimistic with the Lovey Smith hire, but you never really knew how it was going to work out because he had been away from the college game for so long. And, you know, you just see all these players that are still leaving. It seems like every couple weeks another player leaves the program. So I still think, obviously, they're, they're kind of going through a feeling-out phase. I, it, the question is, how much longer uh, can you wait and then the other thing is, if, if you're going to fire a head coach, who are you going to hire? I mean, are you going to hire somebody better than Lovey? And I don't know that Illinois can do that right now. So um, that's a tough spot that the Illini are in right I totally now. agree. You see, you see players, a trend, players leaving universities all over the place. The difference is that those players are going to the NFL, and our players are just ending up on other teams. Like, so Lovey's going to have to stop the bleeding there somehow, otherwise it's going to be trouble. Yeah, and I, th- I think he's in a tough spot. Uh, right now, and um, and you know they got they got something to play for today. So you you you, you want to see? Uh, I guess if you're an Illinois fan, what kind of response you get here at Ryan Field on a cold and windy day when uh, playing tough football for 60 minutes might not be your highest priority. And so it's all about when I look at a coach and how uh, players are interacting with the coaching staff. You you want really want to see the effort level. Uh, and so from Illinois standpoint, I think that's the big question today. For Northwestern, I think Pat Fitzgerald's handled this a uh, couple weeks situation well. where where technically you know they clinched this a couple weeks ago they still got a week to go before the Big Ten Championship but they his players came out motivated against Minnesota I think they'll do the same thing today against Illinois totally agree Adam it's been fun I'm going to check up with you again uh, at the back half of the show and see if anything's changed sure talk right. to you soon yeah, Scott take care bud alrighty we're back to the startup showcase as you can probably tell I'm a Northwestern alum and I wish I could just be a sportscaster all day long so I just pretended to be a sportscaster and fulfilled my lifelong dream uh, now we're going to move on to fulfilling somebody else's lifelong dream uh, Paul Gamble is the founder of Nori he's on the phone right now I hope Paul are you there I'm here how are you doing I'm doing very well uh, so here's a gist in case, uh, I think we sent an email to you so you know the, the kind of the rundown here, but uh, I'm going to give you approximately one minute to do the full pitch of what Nori is, and then I'm going to bang some questions back and forth with you, and if the audience wants to call in, you guys know, just Google how to call WGN, you can call us. Or tweet your, tweet your questions and, and answers over to me, at Technori, or at Katoon, and we will ask them to Paul, but uh, Paul, without further ado, I want to have you go ahead and give us your minute rundown of what Nori is. Okay. Nori is on a mission to reverse climate change. Now, climate change is a really straightforward arithmetic problem. There are just too many greenhouse gases up in the atmosphere. And even if we turned off all of our emissions tomorrow, we converted everything to renewable energy, there's still too many greenhouse gases up there. So what we have to do is we have to draw them out of the atmosphere and store them in the earth somehow. And the good news is there are already lots of ways to do this. Uh, you can change farming practices. You can plant trees. You can grow kelp. You can use industrial machinery to pull uh, the CO2 out of the air and then store it in underground rock formations. You can build uh, buildings with construction materials that are carbon negative. So there are lots of ways to do this, but they're not happening at any large enough scale right now. 
And what Nori is doing is we're building a marketplace that makes it as simple as possible for people to pay for removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere using any of these different methodologies. Very well said. Okay, so the questions that I have for you is on the marketplace side of things. Uh, walk me through what it's like for a user. Well, show, show the audience here exactly how they would uh, you know, be on the platform and benefit the earth. So there are two different kinds of buyers. So we're initially targeting big corporations. These are companies that typically pay for carbon offsets. Or imagine that you are a, just an individual. You want to offset your carbon emissions. You fly around a lot. So you go on to the onto nori.com, and uh, you uh, are able to purchase a carbon removal certificate uh, using our token that we're creating, the Nori token. So the carbon removal certificate is uh, a certificate that represents one ton of carbon dioxide that's been removed from the atmosphere and stored. And Nori has done the work of certifying and verifying and measuring that to make sure that that actually did happen. So when you, the user, show up and you pay for that certificate, you now own it and you have a user profile on on the site that shows that you paid for this CO2 and you can see all the details about it, like when it was removed, how it was removed, and you can trace back and prove that it happened. Very cool. And then what is the second? Didn't you the say second, there's, you said there's uh, sort of two user two user bases. Oh yeah. So the the other side of it is the suppliers. These are the people who are removing the. Oh, sorry, you're referring to the the corporations that I mentioned. So Correct. for a corporation, uh, they're buying in much larger amounts, and um, there are two different kinds in there. So there are uh, companies that are doing it because they just want to offset their emissions, and there are companies that are doing this because they want to pay people who are in their supply chain for removing CO2 as part of their supply chain. So imagine a sustainability officer at a corporation who uh, is working with uh, Nori to figure out what their buying options are going to be, and then they buy uh, a very large amount of these carbon removal certificates. I was going to say, And then they can include that information in their sustainability reports and that sort of thing. So I was actually going to say, I was like, so it makes sense from the corporate side, no question about it. Um, I, my normal question for the founder or for the person calling in is like, how did you get into this? And I'm actually literally sitting here listening to you at the same time. I'm watching uh, Bill Sy, the, the science guy, talking about uh, global warming and global warning for what is coming up uh, as a result of the effects of just climate change in general. And meanwhile, you've got mm-hmm. flames across California burning down every house uh, seemingly in its path. And I guess yeah. there, there is no real need to ask you what got you into this, but I want to, I want to know, like, you know, how, how did you realize that there was a problem and that there was a solution potentially that you could hammer at? Well, so my background is I, I I'm an engineer and I, when I look at problems, I try to figure out how to solve them. And three years ago, I was reading an article about how climate scientists were becoming very depressed because no one was listening to them. And I started thinking about it. Why aren't we trying to solve this problem? Why aren't we trying to make it just go away? Because it really seems like all of the efforts people are making are just trying to make it slightly less bad than it would have been otherwise. Honestly, so God, I, I started I totally thinking about that and That's looking crazy. into how do we just remove the CO2. It seems to me that for the last at least 10 years, and I'm sure it's probably longer than that, but I just wasn't paying attention, uh, that the majority of money being spent, whether it was government or or companies, was on marketing around changing the the narrative and not actually changing the problem, 
which is which I think this is yeah. obviously a good a good um, start at least. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about the actual uh, financial opportunity, so the the investment and in, in on Republic and all, and how that all works and what kind of the advantages for people to get involved here. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned uh, earlier when describing it that there are really two different things that we're creating. There's the carbon removal certificate, which represents one ton, and then there's the Nori token. And the Nori token uh, is the medium of exchange that is used to buy this, uh, this carbon removal certificate. And we are selling on Republic uh, an instrument where you can receive uh, Nori tokens and uh, these, you think of these tokens like a gift card for carbon. You, you have Once you own the Nori token and whatever price you've paid for the Nori token, uh, because it will, uh, in the future it will fluctuate based on market demand for it, uh, whatever price you paid, that's how much you paid for carbon, but you don't own the carbon certificate until you trade the Nori token for the certificate. So right now on Republic, uh, for anyone who wants to take action against climate change, who wants to be part of the solution of actually building something that can solve climate change, um, you can go on to republic.co slash Nori, N-O-R-I, and uh, sign up to invest in Nori, and then you'll receive Nori tokens after we launch the marketplace. Very cool. Awesome. Well, listen, man, I uh, love what you guys are trying to build. I appreciate the the mission very much, and I think the whole world probably does. Um, but I, I'm going to go ahead and share this with everyone on social. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and every other place, at Katoon or at Technori, ironically, Nori Nori. Um, and I'll, I'll share the page, <laughs> republic.co slash Nori, and people can learn more about the, the company and the mission and how you get involved with it. Uh, Paul, where else do people go to learn more about it? Uh, we are at nori.com, N-O-R-I.com, or we are at Nori on Twitter. Very cool. Paul, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, I love, I, I, I'm always, like, it's always hard for me when I look at some of these companies that are on the marketplace side. I love what they're doing, and I love the integration with blockchain, and I love the ability to, to have your own Nori token. I kind of wish we had a Nori. I feel like we should have a Nori token. Of all, of all companies, we should be the Nori token. But nonetheless, uh, I think it's a really cool idea, and I think that all of you out there should at least look at it because, as I said before, if you look on almost every single channel, we're talking about climate change, which is... Uh, becoming, a, well, not becoming, it is a serious problem. It looks like, I think I read an article that we're looking at $500 billion impact on the economy on an annual basis, uh, looking, you know, by 2020 or 2040 or whatever it is. So a uh, serious problem needs serious solutions. I am going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back, then we're going to have the news, then I'm going to have another call, and he's got another company you can invest in, then we're going to check in with Adam Hogue again, because I just can't wait to talk more about Go Cats. Um, so without further ado, let's take commercial. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Gatoon, and we are joined here, I believe, very shortly. We have now Harold Hughes from Bandwagon calling in right now. As prefaced before, you can go to republic.co.co slash, in this case, Bandwagon, or register if you want to learn how to get involved on the platform and invest in early-stage companies that are usually reserved for multi-multi-millionaire accredited investor extraordinaires. Today, it is open to you. Uh, you can invest for, it looks like on Bandwagon, a minimum of $100 investment. They've got 37 days remaining on this. 178 people have believed this is good enough to throw some cash at. So what say you, I guess? So, uh, Harold, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. 
Uh, so I think I've talked to you before. Glad to be you. back. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want yeah. to catch in with you and see, one, uh, how the campaign is going. And then uh, also, yep. of course, we'll do our normal pitch where I want to have you, uh, you'll have one minute to explain uh, what Bandwagon is, how it works, and how people can get involved or what people can do to, to invest or whatever the case may be. Um, and then I just want to ask you a couple questions. So why don't we start off by having you do the, yeah, the, the pitch first, and then we'll we'll chat after that. Sure, absolutely. So I'm uh, really excited. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, as a passionate sportsman and a person who loves live music and really going out and experiencing these things in real time, um, I love going to the events. But the challenge is, is that ticket prices are only getting higher. And if you're a fan like me who's looking to get a deal on tickets, that normally means you're buying tickets from the secondary market. Unfortunately, because of how the market is, there's lots of fraud out there. I and mean, we see uh, nationally um, more than $2.3 billion lost on fake tickets every year. So when we look at that, we're like, well, gosh, that's a lot of money to lose, especially if you've been working hard for it. So what Bandwagon's doing is creating a database solution. So we're a business-to-business company. There's a software-as-a-service solution. But we work with teams as well as ticket companies to help validate that the tickets are real before they're ever uh, sold to the fans. Um, and by doing that, we're helping the team identify who's in the venue on the day of the event. Very cool. Uh, so tell me, uh, and everyone else listening yeah. here quickly, how uh, how they invest and all that sort of stuff, just like what the what the opportunity is. Because I think sometimes uh, I am so used to this conversation that I, I know, assumingly, when I'm listening to you pitch, what I'm investing in and why. Uh, but sometimes I forget that the people right. listening are also like, okay, so I invest, but like, what's the where is it going? Yeah, no, definitely. So I'm one of these folks who, you know, my, I grew up, I'm a first-generation American, and as you mentioned as before you introduced me, you know, traditionally speaking, startup investments have normally been limited to the people who are mega wealthy. And so if you think about this, what Republic is doing, what I love and why we're on the platform, is that it's giving an opportunity for everyone to have the opportunity to change their life um, and make a wealth-type-changing uh, wealth changing, uh, decision by investing in a startup they believe in. And so whether it's investing in Bandwagon or some of these other ones that you may also have passion about, um, that's really the best part. So you're able to buy a part of the company. So you're buying debt or, in some cases, equity. And so for Bandwagon, if you invest as low as $100, you're actually able to buy a piece of the company. And so that's really, really important to us because we've got – as you mentioned, over 170 people who believe in us, who've listened to us on podcasts and read about us in articles, who bet on us. And sometimes it's, you know, in a lot of cases, we were the first investment these people have ever made. And so we, we take great pride in that, being one of the folks to try and educate the market on, you know, why is it important for equity crowdfunding to get to the masses and how this can really not only help create a company that you want to see come to fruition, but also potentially change your life if you make the, you know, a sizable investment. What do you think is the biggest uh, advantage for you? You know, I assume this isn't your first rodeo per se, and, and you you've you know how to raise capital in, in the more traditional routes, or, and probably have already. Um, right. What what is what yep. is the advantage for you? You think in the equity crowdfunding component of this? Well, the biggest thing for us, um, my company's headquartered in Greenville, South Carolina, so you know one of the lesser known startup capitals of the world, um, as I say in jest, but. I think the key to that is really understanding that with every investor that you gain, you actually get a new advocate. You also get a new person who can help open a door. You also get a person who's championing you in a certain market and may have a relationship. So for us, we really see the biggest value in saying it's not like we're having the most massive names in our cap table or we've got these really Silicon Valley notables. We really have gone to task of building the product that works 
uh, getting the customers and delivering value. And now we really need to tell our story. And so with every additional investor we get, whether it's a person who puts in $100 or $1,000, we're getting another champion that helps us share our story, which gives us a better opportunity to succeed in these additional markets we're targeting. This is why I've gotten so involved in this equity crowdfunding thing. Like for those who maybe are aren't aware of Technori, we host obviously the the quarterly startup showcase events here in Chicago at Chase. Uh, which I don't have. Do we have bandwagon on yet or no? No, I couldn't make it up in time. But That's yeah, I definitely was, yeah. was uh, uh, keeping up with it online. Yeah. yeah, so we we do that quarterly, and that gives all of you people listening right now a chance to to listen Saturdays, but then also come to the events and talk to, to questions and ask questions and talk to people like Howard uh, um, Harold about what the company does and the opportunity and things. And I just, I guess you know, again speaking from a position where I I see a lot of this, I, I think there's so much disparity and and opportunity. Uh, and capital that's presented to those who have tons of talent but just don't have access. Um, and so, like cases like yours, you know, you've right. been able to raise money and you don't need this necessarily, but it's a great weapon. For a lot of founders, there right. is no other way to raise capital. So, to me, it's really interesting um, for for really a lot of reasons that that these founders can come on here and can raise all that early stage, you know, early startup capital to get the idea off the ground, and then go to a big time, you know, investor to try to get that solved. Um, but for you. I think it's even more unique, and there's several companies out there, if you know people who are who are running companies that are in the space that require a lot of users, which in your case, it, you would want a lot of right. users. I just think it's such a brilliant right. way to get customer feedback and turn turn a first customer into an investor or turn the first investor into a customer. It's just such a brilliant way to do it. Right. So Definitely, yeah, and I, we thought about that for sure. We thought about that for sure. So I want to ask now on, on, the, on the idea of the company itself. So... From my standpoint, I remember sure. we had a conversation in the past about this, and how you know how do you guys make money, and how do you guys really like differentiate and protect against the problem with with people buying tickets and then going to the event? Because like I'll give you an example, like I'm going to be missing today's Northwestern game, which we'll be catching up with Adam Hogue after the commercial on. But like usually, I print right. out a bunch of tickets and I see people walking up and down the street. And they all ask me, like, hey, man, do you promise that this thing is real? And it's like, yes. And I'm thinking to myself, right. that is the yeah. the only line of defense is that, you know, I said yes, and hopefully I'm telling the truth. Right. The, the right. question I'm going to have for you on right. this ultimately is, you know, I for me at least, the only time now that I buy and sell tickets, not, you know, not just Ticketmaster or whatever, is going to be at the actual event with a printed out piece of paper. How, you know, how big is the market size for this and, and how do you guys make a difference? Yeah, so we definitely see the biggest behavior you have to change is, is buyer behavior. So as a fan, as you mentioned, I have a couple of friends. We're headed to the Clemson University of South Carolina game uh, in a couple of hours. And so we're headed there, and we have friends who are going to go find a person with a piece of paper and say, hey, I'll buy that piece of paper for you for $100. Yep. The challenge with that is, is that there is no way to prove that that ticket is real or not. So, number one, our our technology only works on digital tickets, so electronic transferred on StubHub or VividSeats and all these different uh, websites. So, number one, we focus only on that. But number two, we look at the market size. Digital ticket adoption is increasing significantly. Everyone has a, uh, a mobile phone or some type of smart device, and for those who don't, there's obviously also roll call in the box office. Um, so we definitely see the growing adoption of that. The market's a $30 billion uh, um, size market, and so we look at that saying, okay, we're going to continue to grow there. But for bandwagon, we make money uh, by being the validating third party. And so the same way where you go to uh, a bank that has, you know, there's some banks and institutions that are FDIC uh 
uh, organizations and some that aren't. Um, that FDIC regulation allows you as a consumer to have a certain level of comfort. When you're buying on a website online, they may have a trusted certificate on their uh, website, and it's either black and gold or green and gold or whatever these are. These are companies that are saying, hey, we're going to make sure that the payment information you put in here is valid. But unfortunately, there is no such thing for tickets. And so when the tickets are created and assigned to the initial season ticket holder, and then that person starts selling them on secondary markets, those secondary markets don't have access to the initial season ticket holder list. So, so you magically, guys are they just trusted trusted this for person. Tickets. You guys are trusted for tickets. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Very good. Yes, yeah, we're trust for tickets. We want to make sure we're authenticating and validating each and every one so that we know that only one copy of this ticket exists. Um, and so it's a, a little bit better line of defense than the, the paper ones, as we like to say. So we definitely think that adoption of digital is going to carry us into the, the next year, 2019, as well as 2020. Very cool. Um, let us know. Tell me now, where do people go, one, to invest, and two, to just like get on the platform and use it? Um, and then also, I just want yeah. to tell you, we're going to, so we're actually going to, and everyone listening as well. So you've got the podcast, Technori Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, wherever people get it. Obviously, technori.com. Um, we're going to be cutting this segment yep. as well as the other one uh, from Nori and actually put it into our podcast coming next week. So uh, you will be, I, I'm not sure oh, who this is going to be, but you're going to be in that one. So hopefully uh, this little little line uh, will stick out for the next 37 days or however long you have to raise. But where do people go to learn more about Wagon and also invest? Yeah, check out more about us on republic.co and forward slash bandwagon. We actually had a person uh, who invested $5,000 after listening to an episode of a podcast. We had another person that invested $100 from New Zealand after listening or after reading an article. So it really is about, you know, your ability to do it. We want people to be smart. We want people to, you know, educate themselves with the materials. And then if you see what we're building and think that you want to bet on us um, to build it and help us along that journey, we'd love for people to jump on. Well said. Love it. Best of luck, Harold. Hopefully we talk to you again soon. Thank you. Y'all enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, good luck to uh, Northwestern. Tell me about it. And good luck to, I'm assuming you're for Clemson? I am a Clemson grad, absolutely. So, yeah, we're hoping the Tigers don't uh, have any stumbles today. No, so They're, they're going to pull so it up. Tigers. I'm excited. They're going to pick it up. Yes. Okay, take care. Absolutely. Well, y'all have a great one. You Appreciate too. it. Have yeah. a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All righty. Uh, we are going to take a quick commercial break because somebody's got to pay the bills around here. Lord knows it is not I. And then we're going to catch up with Adam Hogue, and I'm going to, I guess, what, fanboy out a little more over my Go Cats? I'm just so excited because they're, they're playing for the Big Ten title. Like, what? This team sucked. They lost to Akron, and now they're I, – I can't. Uh, so, anyway, I should probably go just go to commercial. So, I'm, like, you know, going crazy here. Anyway, I'm Scott Katoon. You're listening to the Startup Showcase on WGN. Here are the commercials. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. We're about to check in with Adam Hogue, who's hanging out over at the Northwestern Illinois game, which hasn't kicked off yet. I got to say, man, what's going on with Michigan losing to Ohio State? I can't wait to ask Adam what his thoughts on are. Should we have a preference as Northwestern fans? I kind of want that rematch with Michigan, but then again, maybe not. Um, And before we do that, I want to make sure to send a... A little bit of a uh, shout-out to our friend of the show, friend of Chicago, Takoch. Hopefully he's uh, recovering well. He's in a Florida hospital after suffering a mild heart attack. So we want to let you know that uh, big fans of Ditka's. So, Takoch, uh, I hope you're feeling well. And now let's kick it over to Adam Hogan, see what's going on. Adam, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, Scott? Getting closer to kickoff. And, yeah, keep an eye on that Michigan-Ohio State game. What is going I'm on? I'm actually not surprised. I, I – uh, I thought that people were way overlooking the Buckeyes this week for being at home 
plenty of talent still up and down that roster. They're they're incredibly fast all over their roster. And Michigan hasn't won there since 2000. I mean, you don't just uh, – your team who hasn't been respected in this rivalry at all, you don't just walk into the shoe and uh, and go in there as big favorites. So I'm not surprised by this at all. Now, Michigan may end up winning, but I, I thought all week this would be a close game. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. I mean, I think everyone has sort of written off Ohio State because of Urban Meyer and all the crazy that's been going on, him not looking good on the sidelines and just all of it. But, uh, you know, personally, I guess I have like a bunch of you Michigan people on my team at work, and so they're all like, oh, my God, Michigan's going to crush them. And as a Northwestern fan, you know, we put up a good fight against them, and I think it maybe it's crazy of me to have wanted a, wanted a rematch. What do you think is the advantage for Northwestern if there was any at all? Yeah, Ted Elbrecht and I were actually just arguing about this in the booth. He would rather see Ohio State. I would rather play Michigan again. Um, and you could argue either way. I, I, I think either matchup is pretty tough, but but matchup that Northwestern can come prepared for and have a chance of winning. Uh, I like the idea of playing Michigan again because it's always hard to beat a team twice. Yep. And Northwestern did have a 17 nothing lead in that game. Now, I would not expect that to happen again. But I do think that Northwestern proved that had they made a couple of plays down the stretch, they still could have won that football game and beaten Michigan earlier in the season. That tells me that they would have a chance again. The thing that worries me about Ohio State is, yes, their defense isn't as good as Michigan. So maybe for a team that likes to run the ball like Northwestern, you might be able to get a little bit more room to do that. What worries me, though, is their offense is a lot better than Michigan's, in my opinion. And they just have – I saw this last year in the Big Ten Championship game. They just have so much speed all over their roster, Ohio State does. I mean, they have SEC speed everywhere. And so even though you might think you have advantages here and there, sometimes windows when you're throwing the football close a lot faster because their defensive backs are faster – I just get nervous about playing Ohio State. I would rather have the rematch against Michigan. I totally agree with you. I got to tell you, everyone in my in my office is going to be mad at me when I say this. I'm texting uh, Rachel from my team now, who's at the Michigan game, very very upset. I just think Michigan. I don't want to come over like overranked or whatever. That's not my point, but it's more the they play like a Big Ten team. I feel like Northwestern plays up to competition, can handle a game against like a Penn State, even a Nebraska. Well, Nebraska sucks, but like even a Nebraska or or a or a Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. I think that you look at Ohio State, it's like a pro football team, and even though the defense may not be as good as as advertised, they're fast. And when it comes to Northwestern, we're not full of athletes, and you're going against a track team, and in a track meet, we're going to get crushed. Yeah, I think schematically and from a coaching perspective, you know, they they can come up with ways to compete with Ohio State. But yeah, it's that speed that I always get worried about. Um, you know, even if they again, if their defense hasn't been what it's been the last couple of years for the Buckeyes. Start getting to a little bit of a track meet, and that just, uh, I, I'd rather be in more of a grinded out physical football game, and I, and I do think you're spot on that Michigan fits that mold a little bit more than the Buckeyes do. Totally agree. I'm going to put you on the spot if you can. Do you have any predictions for the Northwestern game and maybe who we expect to play outcomes? Are we going to be Big Ten champs or what? Ooh. Well, today I do think Northwestern takes care of business and wins. Um, I, I think it's a little too early to, to, to uh, make a pick for next week. But I, I will say this. This Northwestern team, all season long, their M.O. has been when they're underdogs and they have a ton to play for, they come to play. And they might not be as talented across the board as Michigan and Ohio State when it comes to recruiting rankings and all those things. 
but I will be surprised if it's not a close game. Same thing I said against Notre Dame a couple weeks ago, and that, and that was a tight game that came down to a couple plays in the fourth quarter. So I think it would be a similar type of game, and it would not surprise me at all if Northwestern came out and pulled off an upset next week. I, I am hoping you are correct. I think as long as they line up against anyone other than Akron, uh, we're, in good, we're in good shape. Yeah, but even that was a game that they had to control, and it was kind of fluky that Akron came up with three defensive touchdowns. But, I mean, it does sh- go to show you, though, you have to play basically perfect. You can't make mistakes. You can't turn the ball over. You can't have dumb penalties. This is not a team that has uh, really done that all year. They, In fact, there's number one in the they're country one, pe- yeah. penalties. They don't turn it over a whole lot. Uh, they've gotten better at that as the season go- has gone along. So uh, they're going to come ready to play next week. But you got to take care of business against the Illini first. Absolutely. You better hope a uh, Northwestern team plays smart. That's the advantage we have. That's the only advantage most of the time we have. So uh, very cool, Adam. Uh, thank you again for, for kicking some time back and forth talking cats. Enjoy the game. Uh, where do people go to find you before they kick off? Uh we're, I, we are uh, over on ESPN 1000 actually today. The the uh, the Cats game can be found on ESPN 1000. Blackhawks later on 720 WGN. And you guys are still hanging out by the tailgate area at the stadium. People can go yes. find you. Yes, uh, the end zone. There's there are um, uh, crowds starting to come in here before kickoff. And there's again there's food, drink, DJ, a lot of fun right outside the stadium. Awesome. We'll have a wonderful time. Stay warm. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right. Take care. Go Cats. Alrighty, well, that has been my show. Is, is this, this? I hope the people at WGN and Tribune are listening. Do you see the talent that we're dealing with here? Do you see this, Ashley? Do you do you recognize how we should be? Like I should be the Ryan Seacrest of Chicago. <laughs> I feel like you need to be the Ryan Seacrest of just the Wildcats because you are such a oh, fan girl. Come on, no, I got other stuff. I can talk. You I, can, but I you can are talk. such a fan girl. It's so fun. Like you can see it in your face. You're just so excited. I'm just a, well. I'm just elated that we're here because when you lose three straight games and you garbage it up with the Akron's of the world to end up 19th ranked True. and actually winning games and now playing for the Big Ten title is just crazy to me. Uh, so yeah, I guess I could be the Cats announcer, but I can do this same thing, this same trick. I can do this with the Bears, the Bulls, the Hawks, all that stuff. We can talk about about TV. I can talk about anything. You can. You are. You can talk literally about anything. I can BS with the best of them is what I'm saying. There That's you the, go. New, the new show. Uh, but anyway, that is the end of my time here with y'all today. Hopefully you enjoyed a little mix of sports talk and startup showcase with Scott Katoon. Uh, I want to thank you all for inviting us into your car, your home, your life. We're grateful to be Chicago's very own 720 WGN Chicago smart speaker users. Just say play WGN radio on tune in. 